The following program has taboo and controversial comedy and intended for dark satirical humor. The opinions expressed by Aaron Anthony VII are from a fictional character's point of view and does not represent the crew of the Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony VII and its affiliates. Parental discretion advised. In the faraway unknown world of dark comedy fantasy narrative podcasts, one incredibly divine dictator king rules supreme. These are the Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony VII. Join us as we delve into the mind of the cruelest dictator king in all of dark comedy fantasy narrative podcasts. Be forewarned, these tales often take things a bit too far. On pretty much everything. If you get offended easily, you certainly will by this show. And now, enjoy the sinister tales of Aaron Anthony VII, ruler of all. March 5th, 1997. Dear Diary, Hello, it is I, the incredible divine dictator king, Aaron Anthony VII, ruler of everyone alive ever, king of Aaronopolis, seated in the nobly important capital of Aaronopolis City, ruler of the western city of Gem Lake City, conqueror of the eastern scum of Stanstantinople, also the conqueror of the northern dogs of the north, leader of his family's ancestral home, southern city of Sun City, seventh of his name of the most noble house of Aaron Anthony, chainer of chains, flogger of whips, scalper of scalping, actually, That is 39. She is the scalper of scalping. Let's see. What else should I add to the list? Oh, juggler of juggling. That is a good one. Smasher of skulls. Also good. Sailor of sailing. The best singer of songs. Sex credible sex maker of sex and loving the hardest in the world of being a lover. All of that makes me the best. Of course. Those are what I am, ruler of everyone alive ever, always under the sky, and always to the people who need ruling the most, which is pretty much everyone in the world. See, the people would have no ruler if I was not the ruler of them. They would sit around and say, I sure wish Aaron Anthony VII was here. But I would not be there and they would fall into complete anarchy, and all of society would crumble. Then it would rebuild. Such is the way of life, creation, and destruction. Aaron Anthony's have always been great at destruction. It was written down in all the lands of Aaronopolis, which I just named. Aaron Anthony's are set to be ruler and rule the kingdom with all the strength and knowledge and wisdom. Each land pays a yearly tribute of one million currencies. With that, I will not attack their lands anymore, and we shall lead them to war against the evil eastern people of Elbelton across the Salt Sea. 
I shall teach Aaron Anthony VIII how to be the incredible divine dictator king ruler of the things that great ancestors pretty much gave to me on a silver platter. A very nice silver platter, which was crafted so greatly by people who craft great things in the kingdom in which I rule with my 39th wife, 39. Or as most call her, the Dark Queen. She has been given that title by me and not her army. I mean, my army. It's mine. Also, we have a baby that is probably a demon child with his red eyes. Kids sure grow fast. Bamboo grows very fast, but it has not been found yet in Aeronopolis. That will be one of the things we bring back to Aeronopolis when we invade the Eastern Elbotonian savage evil jerk enemies who believe in things I do not. How dare they. I will not have it, cannot have it, shall not have it, and will certainly not have it. So, invasion is the only answer. And I shall go down as Aaron Anthony the Great. To be honest with you, Diary, with myself, Aaron Anthony the Divine Seventh, being a 45-year-old man, I should be a grandfather right now, and not having my first child. Stuart Dan Larry reports that one of my bastard's kids has had a child. Like I care. I told him to write of important things next time. 39 asked about my genealogy the other day, and when she peeked over my shoulder and saw what I was writing, she said, no I didn't, and I ignored that. We are riding in semi-heavy metal carriage, Mega Kill, heading back down south to Aeronopolis City. Aaron Anthony VIII just made a big poopy. Or at least, I bet the midwife would say if I was around them. On the road, I have a wonderful chamber pot for when I do poopy. And the slaves dispose of it. Slaves sure do things, huh? One time, approximately 191 years and three months and two days and six hours and four minutes and three seconds ago, Aaron Anthony III was born. 39 said there is no way that was true and I told her to shut up then she said, make me. Then 39 minutes later, I went on her breasts because she likes it when I do that. Or at least that is what she says. She also has a new cut on her lip. Don't worry, Aaron Anthony VIII was not there. He was with the midwife, Missy Pissy, who I am also sure is under some sort of occultist trance. We make sure that if I was attacked, we still have our heir to the throne safe during said attack. I call it Operation Air Force One with Harrison Ford. 39 asked, why did I have to add the Harrison Ford part? And I told her to shut up, and she told me to shut up, and then she got a new cut, and I went on her breasts again because she likes it. 
bruises are purple because of a pool of blood that collects within the damaged tissue. Blood is not a substitute for water, okay, everyone? But it does serve culinary purposes. Look it up. So, I told 39 all about Erin Anthony III, and she cared so much. He was born to a farmer. No, a governor in the South City of Sun City. He led a revolution against the evil tyranny of King Giorgio, who wanted all of South City's goods and his tribute prices were insanely high. So, my great-great-great-grandfather led the people of Sun City to victory against the evil King Giorgio. He established himself as the leading general in the resistance, and gave really good speeches, so everyone got behind him and stuff. He would say things like, My fingers are long and beautiful, as it has been well documented, are various other parts of my body. It was Aaron Anthony III who did the final blow of King Giorgio himself and took his place as king ruler. He did it with ultimate death, the war hammer I wield today. Smash! It went as dumb King Giorgio was killed. Aaron Anthony III made art and nature with his blood and guts and veins and skin and eyeballs. Aaron Anthony III also had the lizard named Tony. Tony is Derek's lizard ancestor, probably. I do not study lizard genealogy as much as I do. Aaron Anthony family genealogy, or water for that matter, always studying up on water and its wetness. Did you know water is made from chemicals? Neat, huh? When 39 scratches my back, I bleed. Then she licks my wounds like a beast. 39's wolf, Cappy, likes to eat rodents and 39 feeds it mice. We keep mice in our traveling mousery, obviously, and some kid pulls it. But he has new shoes, so the little bastard better be thankful. I know I always go on about the mousery, and for that I am sorry. Little mice, little lab mice, oh, they're cute. They do all sorts of experiments and such. I make Stervener do it. He has no freedoms anymore because he is a dirty, filthy spy. But enough about that, 39 said. Tell us more about Aaron Anthony III, Dictator Cakes. Aaron Anthony III formed a government where he was the ultimate ruler because he was destined by the gods, and also, he was the strongest and most handsome. When he killed the old government, the Katumans, he amassed their wealth and killed most of everyone he didn't feel like taking to bed. Then he became the richest man in the country, and the banks took great interest. He got all the old doyars together for a lavish feast in the not-so-lavish place. It was a party of special magnificence. 
It was the spring equinox of 1862, and those dumb doyars thought they were getting privilege because they are used to that sort of thing. You know, this sort of privilege where you aren't held accountable for your actions because of the color of your skin, even if those actions are treasonous and cause the death of five people and the suicide of two others. So... He got those jerks together and pounced them and forced them up the mountains of modern-day southeast Aeronopolis City, back then called Brome. There, he forced them to build the magnificent castle where the seat of my kingdom lies, and has so since the 1864s. It took two years to build, which is way faster than 40 years, like other structures. They worked until their clothes fell off and died. That is what one historian, Jeb Jeb, said, professor of history at Aaron Anthony U. Aaron Anthony III then juggled their body parts like a boss. It runs in the family. Enemies run when I attack with ferocity. So much bleeding ferocity, the mouth bleeds at the gums and drains into the abyss, and everyone in the world dies. Just like that, boom, dead, from the ferocity, dead on a doornail. When the eagle dives down to pick up the rodent, it snatches it up with his sharp claws, and blood drips out as the rodent dies. Majestic. I've decided to take up baking when I get home, or even on the road, maybe. When Aaron Anthony III was leading the rebellion of 1858, he crossed the river Delta Bear on a cold night near the winter solstice on some stupid Pogon holiday Saturn mass or something. Only 13 of his men died in the surprise attack on the Kotoman encampment, where most of the Kotomans died defending or asleep because they were taken by surprise, like the foolish fools that they are. Aaron Anthony III is dead. Aaron Anthony IV is dead. Aaron Anthony V is dead. Aaron Anthony VI is dead. I am one of the only Aaron Anthony's alive, and that is why I am Divine Dictator King instead of Aaron Anthony VI. Everyone calls me Dictator King or Benevolence or Your Incredibleness. My son is also alive too. Law number 265. If a herdsman to whose care cattle or sheep have been entrusted be guilty of fraud and make false returns of the natural increase or sell them for money, then shall he be convicted and pay the owner ten times the loss. Shandanand, the not-really-wizard man who is 39-sub, says nothing with the red ball in his mouth. Aaron Anthony III could hold his breath for at least 25 minutes. At least. Pretty crazy, huh? 
When he was a child of five or so, he tamed the most wild horse in the herd, and everyone said he did great. After 17 years of war, Aaron Anthony III defeated the evil King Giorgio of the Catamans, residing in central Brome in modern-day Aeronopolis City. When he was crowned victorious, he amassed the wealth in which the Catamans had, which they built upon after taking it from the Bromans. Back then, we were not in massive debt. Isn't that nice? I made an apple pie that 39 said wasn't bad. See? Baking! Stervener has to walk to Aeronopolis City because he is a filthy spy traitor. See, when there is a traitor in my courts, I make sure they are punished. We shall get more into that in later episodes this season. You are going to love it. Or maybe hate it. Either way, we're doing it. Now, Stervener sends the enemy false information now. Like how my favorite is chocolate instead of vanilla. But it is totally vanilla, obviously. Vanilla cream and strawberries are super good with cake. I told the baker to make some of that in the traveling bakery oven. I told him not to use tall bread but short, so he did. Takes good criticism, that one. Aaron Anthony VII is tall, and Aaron Anthony VIII is going to be tall too. He is already very tall for his age. Boy, he sure grows fast. Midwife, Missy Pissy, who I think is under some demonic trance, would say the child is a handful, but she doesn't say much, just blanked out dark eyes and silently takes care of baby Aaron Anthony VIII. I try not to look at her. That little guy, though, he started running before he started walking 20 eaves ago. So full of ambition, with a world of possibilities for him to grasp onto and make the world bow to his will after I die. It is up to him to do what is right to preserve the dynasty of Aaron Anthony. And I will encourage him on conquering so he can be called great like his father who is great. I bend the world to my will because I am a great bender. Great is I. Aaron Anthony III made the kingdom great again for roughly 26 years until his stupid son, Aaron Anthony IV, ruined everything for a while until his great son, Aaron Anthony V, my grandfather, put things back into its proper place like his grandfather, Aaron Anthony III, and his grandson, Aaron Anthony VII. Aaron Anthony V committed a righteous act of regicide and patricide and killed his dumb father in a coup that actually worked. It's pretty much one coup after another after another, honestly. I am the only one in my family who didn't have to secure his kingdom by some sort of rebellious coup. Until I hand it down to my son and him not taking it by force. I just coughed. 
39 said, I shouldn't stand there in my own foreshadowing. It's blocking her scroll of darkness, which I'm not sure where she got. She told me it was already dark and she didn't need to be in the shadow of some dick. I told her I wanted to read it and she said sure, but it's in a fake language, so I don't actually think she was reading. The slaves march and march because they do not get horses and we still have a good month to go until we are there. Dawn till dusk, they march. We even keep going in the dark sometimes and no slaves run away. We march in parch to our central home of Aeronopolis City, which I have not seen for some two years. Our return to the home Aaron Anthony III conquered will be glorious. Plants need sunlight to grow. 39 asked Russell Trussell to sing the reigns of Aaron Anthony III. When she said, no, I didn't, I ignored her and made Russell Trussell sing. And now you die, Aaron Anthony III said, as he conquered Cotomans. Now I'm the king and your money is mine, so bow you little scum. And so it was, and so it was, Aaron Anthony the third, king of all the peoples from here to everywhere. And so it was, and so it was, Aaron Anthony the third. King of me and king of you and king of other people too. I tossed Russell Trussell some currencies for his service. Boy, kids sure grow fast. What an incredibly sickening family. I do believe I have never been more disgusted. I, for one, will be joining the boycott. Let's see what is next. Part 6, 1997. Dear Diary, 39 likes to hit slaves when they don't walk fast enough. It sure is great to have someone who cares that much, huh? Aaron Anthony VIII walks and runs better than slaves, and he is like only six months old or less. I am not sure. I wasn't there when he was born, and 39 might have told me, but I didn't write it down. 39 usually does mom stuff only once or twice or thrice a day because we have demon trance midwife Missy Pissy. Stervener is reading the Alchemy Index. I think he is on fire. When I read that back, it sounded like Stervener is actually on fire. He is not. Yet. Toasted walnuts are tasty. 
I left Demon Flame Forgery in charge of new Northern Warden, Hippie Wanderlisp. He promises to keep making more weapons for melee and range. We have started production of muskrats for our infantry. 39 keeps asking me to talk about my ancestors in this episode. When she said she doesn't care actually and the war is more important, I pretended that she said, Hey, Dictator Cakes, tell me more, tell me more genealogy. It was love at first sight when Aaron Anthony III saw the so-called princess Anastasia in 1864, mostly on his part. She was a captive made queen. Luckily, she was young and dumb and easily brainwashed. 39 asked how young, and I said, the people are not going to like that answer. Nine days ago, I was thinking about the brainwash clinic. The young queen, Anastasia, was sent to be brainwashed. I call the building today, now you're damned. Aaron Anthony IV called his brainwashing club the brainwash for good and not for bad. Cult. I don't think they used the word cult back then, though, in the title. Though. Though, I could be wrong. Though. So, sourdough is a bread. Steward Dan Larry awaits our return to the central city of Aeronopolis City, and things better be okay. Or else. 39 said she will need to visit her home to enlist her native people to the Dark War. Most of the people left in Stanstanstinople are under the age of 40. So let's not oppose anymore, huh? She said she is ready to serve the Dark Lord and purge this world of all. After Aaron Anthony III died at the age of 80, his son took the throne as priest king Aaron Anthony IV. He was a pious man and believed in the religions of the ancient people of the Puristians. He took immediately to changing the rules of things and even gave his people economic impact payments or stimulus packages, if you will, a total of 2,000 currencies per person. What a joke! Most of the people didn't even use it properly. He lowered the taxes for the poor people and raised the taxes for the rich, which did not make the corporals happy. He even let his people form some sort of pennant to decide things and let them influence his policies on behalf of the people. Or should I say crapple because it was a bunch of crap. Did you know that grapples are a thing? That is a grape and an apple, genetically modified fruit. He preached and ruled with this malarkey for 14 years, but there were those 
that were still faithful to my great-great-great-grandfather, Aaron Anthony III. We call them the Corporos. They had other plans. Gosh, the driver of this carriage is bad at carriage driving. I sure miss Ross. He wasn't as good at hitting things as this guy. Chandler, or whatever his name is. Aaron Anthony V was a boy when his father took the rule of the kingdom and made it all churchy. But at that point, the Corporos had already let young Aaron Anthony V into their little club of rich assholes. They did not let his head get full of sissy church things, but instead with thoughts of ruling the kingdom in a pretty brutal way. He once wrote, The lion cannot protect himself from traps, and the fox cannot defend himself from wolves. One must therefore be a fox to recognize traps, and a lion to frighten wolves. Totally funny stuff, huh? I bet Derek is going to be so happy to see me. Lizards have great memories, you know. When Aaron Anthony IV made the Corporos, who Aaron Anthony III made rich, surrender their currencies to the poor, they got pretty upset about that. Why should we care if they live or die, they always said. Let them eat war, one of the Corporos would say. He was a guy called Dredge Grappin, a little punk that guy was. He thought that the churchy rule of Aaron Anthony IV was so bad. So he would teach Aaron Anthony V about bad religions and good money hoarding. See, back then, churches and money hoarding weren't the same thing. Aaron Anthony IV built the church of Now You're Damned. Aaron Anthony IV also freed some of the slaves. Not all, thankfully. Aaron Anthony V would wait and snicker, saying to himself, Where is the tutelage? Where are the conquering lands? Not even here. Giving the poor people 2,000 currencies? Absolute disgust. Screw those jerk-offs. I would rather they die before I help them. Also... I can help them die pretty easily since I am so nice. Aaron Anthony IV once said he wishes he could bring the world peace with love. Gross. There is much more currencies to gain in warfare. Selling weapons to both sides is a good way to make loads of money. So, the rich corporals realized that Aaron Anthony IV was bad for their cruel business, and they used Aaron Anthony V as their ticket back to power. Did they brainwash Aaron Anthony V? Why do you even ask that? On Spottober 14th, 1900, Aaron Anthony V took his warhammer, Ultimate Death, which Aaron Anthony IV didn't even want, and killed his father in an act of patricide and regicide and became the new dictator king. He had power in the throne room of Aaron Anthony Castle 
and in the rooms of other houses too. No more free money handouts here. Work hard or die harder too with a vengeance. And if you don't have a job, then find one. Clean up some rich person's chamber pot or wave people down to buy pizza. Like my slave, Ricky Dicky. He cleans my chamber pot and it is always a mess. But he washes his hands so he doesn't spread the germs. Warden of the North, Road Wizard Hippie Wanderlisp, writes or used magic mirror to tell me that the chemical weapons plant slash brewery of joy, the CWPBNJ, has finished production of the Cremona virus and its antidote. Soon, we will begin phase one of Plandemic Jeremy. 39 said, sick. I told her, yes, people will get sick. Incredible Divine Dictator Kings will not get sick because he will take Antidote 7 first of all the peoples. Once, stupid Aaron Anthony IV went on a stupid fast and didn't eat food for about a stupid week or four. Stupid guy. Tonight, I shall feast on roasted lamb of job and mashed potatoes with carrots. Also, they sent us some Oceanside Light Blonde Ale. They use northern hops. This one time, I told people about the one thing that happened that one time ago. Would you like to hear it? The tale? Too bad. You know... Great change only comes with great courage. But revenge is also a dish best served cold. Let's hear what our hive mind partners have to say. Since 2010, the team of Dean and Corey Steffen have been redefining professional photography in the Intermountain West. With personalized concept creation, Dee and Corey create the perfect image, whether it be for weddings, portraits, commercial and architectural, or creative concept. This award-winning duo and LGBTQ ally are no stranger to remote photo shoots, and their blend of landscape and engagement photography leave clients breathless. For booking information, go to deandcorey.com. That's D-E-E-A-N-D-C-O-R-Y dot com. You can message them on Facebook and Instagram. D and Corey Productions, a team that believes in not just taking a photo of you, but creating images of who you are. I, for one, will be booking tomorrow. And now, back to the show. March 7th, 1997. Dear Diary, Last night, I had roasted lamb of job and mashed potatoes with carrots. Also, they sent us some Oceanside Light Blonde Ale. They used Northern Hops. 39 ate all of her meal. Midwife 
under demon trance, Missy Pissy gave the baby breast milk. Roasted lamb of Job is great. When Aaron Anthony V wrote about his dinner, he wrote about roasted lamb soup. I have his diary right here. Dear diary, it writes, I had roasted lamb soup today. Wow, he ate similar things that I do. And he was my grandfather. 39 said, Oh, are we doing more of your family history now? And I told her, yes. And she said, oh, great. And I told her, good. And she said, great. I bet you never thought 39 would say that, huh? But here we are, approximately some days ride away from central city of Aeronopolis City, where we will be greeted beyond greets by Stuart Dan Larry and Slave Lizard Trainer Guy and Derek the Lizard, of course. But before we do that, let's cover some more slaves with jam and make them wrestle. For fun, 39 said the loser would be sacrificed. I said great, and she said good. It was on April 20th, 1880 that Aaron Anthony V was born to the priest king Aaron Anthony IV's wife, Tiffany, or whatever. He was brought into this world also on the same day as Bailey's Comet passed over the eastern sky. The three witches in the mountains said this prophecy, He shall be a force of balance. Aaron Anthony IV thought that meant other things and did not pay attention to the signs and he was killed by his own son 20 years later. Patricide and regicide. Double whammy. Boy, kids grow quickly. I had new wheels made for carriage mega kill and it is working pretty weller than it did before. What do you say about an archery tournament next year? Masks suggested depending on how things go, except in Texas, where they don't need them, obviously. 39 asked, who are you talking to? And I said, isn't it obvious? Then she said, whatever, I wasn't paying attention anyways. Go on, tell us more about ancestry tales, I told her to say. Aaron Anthony V rebelled against his father, Aaron Anthony IV, and started hanging out with the corporos, rich guys who taught him to be greedy and how to kill good and to be a trickster and how to betray and how to commit patricide. So he did all sorts of gangster shit and became a very powerful man with very powerful friends. Since his father didn't like weapons, he took ultimate death as his birthright. The woman by his side was Cleopatricia, who was known as the most adorable woman who was certainly not a tramp. Oh, who am I kidding? She was a total tramp and cheated on him with Archmantony. When Aaron Anthony V was 20 ages of years, he thought it would be great to overthrow his father, Aaron Anthony IV, the lame priest king. 
when he used ultimate death to smash skulls of his enemy father, all the rich corporals were very excited. Yes, kill that bastard, they yelled. Aaron Anthony IV said, A2, Aaron Anthony V? It was very exciting. I read about it, so I know. Good thing we have a traveling library called Wheelie Cartpedia. When I am not riding in the carriages, I ride the horses, but not the moose. The moose stayed up north with Hippie Wanderlisp and Forty's dead corpse. Her dead ghost attends the moose also. It was hard getting over 40, but the show must go on, and now 39 and I are happier than I have been since 1988. She said that I was a bitch bitch and was only good for penetrations and songs. She loves it when I sing to her. She usually says, I fucking love it. But... Aaron Anthony V, though, he ruled for 37 years, ruling, pleasing all the rich corporals who put money into his pockets to put into place laws that made sure they could do pretty much whatever they wanted and got away with it. Things some people might even call sedition. 39 and I had a blinking contest and I did it 182 times and won. She said, damn it. Boy, that was a day to remember. The newfound glory of that day was hit or miss. It looks like I took back Sunday. 39 said, you sure are clever, Mark Pompous. And I told her my name was Aaron Anthony Seventh, and that I was as clever as a Cheshire cat she asked if I was done with that, so I took off my trousers and cloak and told her it sure was a green day today, and she sighed the way a emu chickadee does. Not all of everyone was happy about the rule of Aaron Anthony V, who was in power for a good 36 or 37 or 38 years. There was a brotherhood of morales part of the Puristians, who was looking to overthrow the throne and be the biggest usurpers ever. He knew people wanted him dead, so he appointed food tasters for every meal and drink not to be poisoned. Guess how he died? 39 said, OMG, tell us now, the suspense is killing me. He was stabbed 39 times by his constituents. They made an evil plot and plotted to kill him. His tramp wife, Cleopatricia, died years earlier by a rogue midwife. So, at 54, he took 19-year-old wife. It was the 19-year-old wife, Circea, who mastered the whole assassination plot. Guess what they say about the youth being smarty pants is right, huh? She took the throne as Queen Circea, but the son she bore, Aaron Anthony V, escaped right before the assassination plot, 
thanks to old Uncle Brian Dick the first. Queen Circea wanted to raise minimum wage and provide universal health care that worked. She was not a puppet of the court bros. Tramp, whore, succubus. She ruled hard for 10 years and the corporals went mostly overseas to the eastern savage place of Elbotonia, the land I planned to invade with my great army and navy, though technically they went south of the lands of Elbotonia to Neaton, the coast. They stayed coastal for trading because of commerce. I spent 45 minutes with the child today, personal recorded. Boy, they grow fast. He is talking and cursing and everything. 39 is teaching it her made-up language and regular English. You know, Jesus' language, which he didn't even speak. 39 said, who the fuck is Jesus? I told her it was just a fairy tale. You know, I'm starting to notice some things. It just feels like we've heard all this before somewhere. No, can't be. Everything is original and not a play off something else. Find out more with one more entry of the Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony the Sixth. March 8th, 1997. Dear Diary, If you write things down, you will remember them. I can't wait to see 12. 39 sighed and said, Just let the bitch die already, please. So, Aaron Anthony the Sixth had to go into hiding, okay? Because my grandma, Circea, his mom, was a cunt. Pretty nasty word, huh? He was either three or four or five or maybe six when he had to go into hiding. It was great Uncle Brian Dick I who took him to the Centaur Carry, Lord of the Centaurs, and the great professor at Centford University. There, he became learned of all the things. So much learning happened there at CU. I also once learned some things once or twice too, but never from St. Ford University. It has been lost. My father, Aaron Anthony VI, also became the greatest shepherd this side of the Salty Sea. He even took state in shepherding. Boy, the pie that I baked was so great. Go get Killsbury pie now! Aaron Anthony, the fifth son, had a recipe for shepherd's pie, but it was lost when Captain Splint apprehended his frigate, Molly, and stole a great treasure from my father. Captain Splint and that treasure were never seen again. When Aaron Anthony, the sixth, was 18, he decided it was time to wage war against his mother, the Bad Queen, and so began the Seven Years' War condensed into two years. It was in this time that the last of the unicorns, Margaret, was slain in battle. Also died was Carrie, the centaur, 
and lost of his centaur pals. 39 ordered me new boots, and they are fabulous. How thoughtful is she? Enough about 39. Aaron Anthony VI tricked Grandma Circea into a false pretense of peace, and he committed matricide and regicide. Queen Circea fell for the oldest trick in the book, a mother's love. 39 said, I'm starting to see a pattern here. She was obviously talking about my sketch pad. It was in the year of reconquering of Aeronopolis, which I was born. I was too young to remember being born, but I know it happened. My father hosted another false spring equinox dinner for the Puristians and did what his great-grandfather did, killed some, and forced the others to rebuild the war-torn castle of Aaron Anthony. Historian Al-Al writes, History is doomed to repeat itself. We left Bloodbath up north in vacationing Northern Ship Castle in Chamber 39, which is locked with only one key. Man, these kids sure grow up fast, huh? Enough about the kids! For 35 years, my father protected and conquered. It was in the Battle of Gem Lake City in Western Aeronopolis in which he lost his leg. He then had a prostatic limb attached, and he still went into battle. I was also in that battle, but I was only 18 and only killed like 700 or 900 guys or so. But as I grew up, I learned how to conquest and kill and command and make sex love pretty much all the time. By young adulthood, I only saw my father once every three years if lucky, as we were too busy with the constant warfare. Every time we conquered, some rebellion would kindle, and then that was extinguished, another would kindle, and so on. I traveled to Sun City and Constantinople, and even my home of Aeronopolis City. 39 told me that before she was spelled and queen, she fooled around with one of my bastards, but I didn't really care to pay attention to what she was saying so it might as well have been if she said, Oh my gosh, dictator cakes, take me to bed now. That was it. I asked Stervener the slave if 39 spell would ever wear off, and he said that I better not wager too much on her happy ending. I hit him and asked why he always has to be so depressing. I have Stervener feed the Elbotonians across the Salt Sea that I plan to invade in four years, but I hope to invade in under two. Surprise, you fools! He tells me of an attack from the Salt Sea Dogs of Elbotonia to be played out soon on the eastern capital of Stanstanstinople. I told him perhaps we could use it as a catalyst to encourage peoples to hate the sea salt dogs from Elbotonia. I told 39 a story about figs right before I wrote this sentence. After Aaron Anthony VI conquered Gem Lake City, he set his sights on Stanstantinople 
and that is where I laid with many of Stan Stantinople whores, and that is why 39 had sex with one of my bastards and is now my wife. Gross, huh? I also had a murder problem back then, and it was mostly gypsies. We don't like to talk about it. My father was an alcoholic, and we got into about six fist fights over the years. I knocked him out once, he got me twice. Uncle Tom Dick showed me his bum when I was four. I touched it with my stop. My producer told me to stop. Illustrator, animator, and cover artist is Chris Coffin. Sound engineer, musician, portrait artist, and handsome narrator is Casey Jackson. Writer, editor, sketch artist, director, and voice of Aaron Anthony VII is Scott Miller. my heart, incredibly divine, ruler of your dreams, incredibly divine, ruler of everyone, incredibly divine, ruler so handsome. Find the Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony VII on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Not coming this season on the Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony the Seventh. Give me the bag, Murphy, and the girl lives. I knew I loved you the moment I saw you. Murphy, Indigo is on the loose downtown. I'm sending you his quarters. I was your son. Your blood. You were a mistake. Please, Murphy, just listen. You know we have to save the city. Take me to bed first, and then we kick ass. This is the end of John Murphy. <laughs> That's Murphy's life. The Dark Diaries of Aaron Anthony VII is a production of the Hive Mind Collective, SLC. (laughs) 